Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I highlight the business side of art to help you reach more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creative freedom. (laughs) Enjoy the show. This week's episode features a Florida-based artist and podcaster, Suzanne Redmond. About a month or so ago, Suzanne interviewed me on her podcast, The Left Brain Artist, highly recommended, and today we flipped the script so that I can get to know her a little bit more. She used to be a curator, so I took this interview as a chance to dig in on all of her art knowledge about artist statements and CVs and exhibition applications and even artist residencies. Woo! She just completed an artist residency down in Hollywood, Florida. So we talked about how she is finding these opportunities and successfully applying for them so that you can take a tip out of her playbook and do that as well if you want to. So let me know what you think about this extra special episode with Suzanne Redman. If you could just start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about how you got into the arts and telling us all about you. Okay, great. My name's Suzanne Redmond, and I actually have two Instagram accounts just to clear that up at the beginning because I have a podcast called The Left Brain Artist, and that's where I interviewed Andrea. So I do have an Instagram called The Left Brain Artist, and then my personal art is on Suzanne Redmond Art. So that's just to start out so you know where to find me. But yeah, I, I'd like to call myself a Renaissance soul because I've done a lot of different things. I think that's the nicer way than saying I'm totally ADHD and I try a lot of things. <laughs> but just to be brief, my background is I have a degree in accounting and I worked in like accounting statistical analysis for 10 years. And then I wanted to do my dream of being a chef. And I went to cooking school and became a pastry chef. And I did that for 10 years. And then I left that because the economy, it was right before 2008 and everything was closing down. Nobody was doing wedding cakes. And I said, oh, you can't make money um, doing pastry anymore. Let's make money doing art. Yes, I'll sell my jewelry. (laughs) Yeah, so that's how I got into the world of art. But because I had a, a background in business, I joined a arts group, a local arts organization, which I highly recommend everybody look for arts organizations to join, met all these other artists, became a member of the board of directors, then I became the president, and then I started curating shows and and helping people with their art business and their finances and their writing artist statements and all kinds of things. But then as for my personal art, I switched over to painting. And so it's really painting that I do now. Yeah, so that's in a nutshell. So accounting, pastry chef, and artist, and art business. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. You sound like a wealth of knowledge for people in art business, just knowing how to set all of that stuff up and just write your artist description and just write all of that. Man, maybe we should get into that just a little bit too. I feel like there's a lot of artists out there who could maybe benefit from knowing how you were as a curator and what your um, suggestions would be to artists. So as a curator, you, so you set up people that were having shows. Is that? I've done all aspects of it. So it starts with 
putting out a call to artists. So you first need to get the submissions or decide who's going to be in the gallery. So I've worked on a ton of calls to artists. And then it's, then you have to choose the art. You may get a hundred submissions, but you can fit 50 pieces in the gallery, for example. Then you choose the art and then it's hanging the art, which is really fun for me because I've often worked with this other local artist named Anthony Burks. And he and I have the same aesthetic in hanging. Then you need to figure out how to get people into the gallery to see the artwork. So do you want to do an artist reception? Do you want to have a big grand opening night where you have food and drinks? And I know it's hard to think about that right now for some people in the world because we haven't had live events in the past year. <laughs> but yeah, so then you have to figure out how you're going to get people in. What I've seen now for receptions is they'll do the, if they're able to, they'll do the food and drinks out like on the, the front walk or in the parking lot. And so people can take off their masks and have their wine and little nibbles out there and then put their masks back on to go into the gallery and see the show. So they're coming up with a lot of good compromises to start shows again, which is nice. But yeah, so I've done all aspects of it. And as for your listeners, the one, yes, we can hear the banging that you're getting a roof, but I'm just very happy for you that you're getting a roof. There's just things that have to happen in our lives, whether we're <laughs> doing a live or not. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is one of the things I, I can recommend to your listeners, if they want to put their art in shows or they want to be ready for a commission, if somebody comes out of the blue um, with an opportunity for them, maybe to do a, a live demo or any, any of number of things is get your ducks in a row, so to speak. So you're ready for this opportunity. That includes getting good photographs of your art. That includes having a good written artist statement, having your bio ready, your resume, your all these other things that they may ask for. Have all these things ready. Have your, your artwork ready to hang. You never know if somebody may say, oh, I was curating a show and somebody dropped out. We have room on our walls. Can you bring in three of your paintings? Because so you want your paintings always to be wired, ready to hang. You've signed the bottom of it. You've, I always recommend you tape on the back of your painting or, or somewhere on your art, whatever it is, your, your name, your phone number, the title of the art. That's very helpful when they're hanging a show because they're looking at a piece like, can you see this one on this side is very abstract. If I called that wandering through the wilderness, you, you, there, is, there is nothing on that painting that could tell you that's wandering through the wilderness. <laughs> so you want to put the name on the back to help them when they're hanging the show. Uh, so anyway, you get all these things ready and then you're ready for the opportunity when it comes to you. So that's always my biggest recommendation to artists is just be ready. That, that is so true. Yeah. I was ju just yeah. talking to an, another artist here, here locally and she was like, yeah, I, I just got invited to hang my pieces here somewhere. And she's like, and I don't have anything. Like She's like, I have one. I'm not ready. I'm like, oh yeah. Because they're, yeah. I mean, we're always talking about just paint every day. And then they're like, what, what if I have stuff just laying around? It's, oh, you can put them in shows. And that's when it's ready. I literally just actually this morning submitted a call for artists to the big show. It's called the big show and it's just big paintings. And I was like, hey, I actually, I have some 
they, yeah, that I'm laying around. So I just submitted it. And now they're like a couple of them, at least hopefully are going to be shown. So yeah. The, to your, yeah good luck. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Another point about that when she said that one basically had a theme because it was called the big show. So there was probably a minimum size. So you want to, uh, oh my gosh, I see your cat. <laughs> It's like everything today. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, so you want to you want to apply to shows or opportunities that make sense for you or that particular piece of art. For example, I applied for this show and they wanted minimum thirty inch wide or height, thirty inch, and then they wanted like a Florida theme because this was being displayed in the West Palm Beach Airport, and so tourists and people would be coming through and seeing. They wanted to see Florida art. And so my friend said, oh, yeah, I didn't get in. Mine was too small. Why did you apply? Why did you bother to apply? And then I was talking to somebody else. Yeah, mine didn't get in. Mine's portraits. Like, why would you apply? But they had both gone through the effort and applied. That's pointless. That's your, especially if, if it's, this one did not, but especially if it has a monetary fee for applying. You don't want to pay $30 to apply for a show if there's no possible way they're going to choose you. So that's another thing of getting ready. You really need to evaluate your opportunities and see if it's the right one for you because otherwise don't waste your time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've actually done this show before a couple years ago and I exactly what you, what you said because mine are like wildlife African animals basically yeah. like big lions and I remember the first time I was like I, I got two of them in and I'm like why are they putting it like where everybody can see it it was off to the side and I literally yeah. thought I'm like oh because mine is not Missouri related and when people are getting off that plane like they want to oh. see the Missouri stuff I mean, so as you're saying that like we have a similar kind of thing it's not prerequisite exactly I, I know a applying for it that mine isn't really like the Ozarks and so it'll probably get in but it won't be like in the center of everything right. but yeah, yeah just, just like you said every, everything has a theme yeah ab absolutely and sometimes you you look at the theme if it's, it's African animals and you say oh my gosh that's that's perfect for me but it doesn't always line up that way <laughs> yeah <laughs> how would people search for these call for artists Oh, that's a great question. Okay, so if you're on Instagram, you can use various hashtags. So you can do call for entry, call for art, call for artists, different word combinations, and you can find them there. When you do a search for a hashtag on Instagram, it gives the most popular ones first. So let's say you went into the hashtag call for entry. It'll give the most popular ones first, which is not the way you want to do it because popular may be a call that expired. It was from two years ago, but it was really popular. So it went up to the top. So you always have to remember to click on the recent button so that you're getting the recent calls, the ones that are still live or still, you're still be eligible to apply for them. So that's one way. And then there's different websites that are, what's the right word, conglomerations, or they list lots of calls on them. And one of them is call for entry. And I think it is cafe.org. Right. Yeah. So I think that's what that is. And so you can do, put some things in search filters and you can find just ones from your state, or you can find certain types if you're looking for a artist residency versus a art show versus a festival. 
you can put in the category. So there's a whole bunch of those. There's one called entry thingy, probably.com or something. There's, and I have a list, I have a list of them. I can give you some links to my list like that, that you can add to a comment or I can add it to a comment on your, on this Instagram post. Perfect. Yeah. yeah that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you always want to, you want to look at the deadlines. So if you look at a call and you say, okay, for example, this call is, it's due April 30th. And then the show starts June 1st and the reception is July 1st. And then the show ends August 1st. So you have to look at all these dates because you're expected to deliver your art if you're accepted delivered on that certain day you should go to the artist reception art always sells more if you're there to just talk about your own art and then you have to be there on the pickup so if you have this three-month show you want to apply for but you're on, going to be on vacation for two months of those maybe that's not one for you to apply to because you're not going to be there anyway so you have to look at those dates or what if you have you already have like your five best pieces at a show and it, you have to pick it up June 1st, but this needs to be delivered June 1st. Will that work? So can you apply for that? So that's the other thing you have to look at is the dates, make sure they work for you. Okay. Yeah. So smart yeah. here recently. Yeah. I've been, I have five or six big paintings that are still hanging around and recently like they were at a show and then I was trying to find a spot for them for two months. So I found it. And so I literally pick them up from one show and I take them to like a business to be hung. And now I'm, they're out of business right now. And if I get into the big show, I'll take them there and go to the big show. I'm just trying to yep. keep them outside of my studio. Like nobody sees exactly. them here. I'm afraid I'm going to get paint on them here. Like it's yeah, just going around. Yeah. Guaranteed a sale every time you're at a show every time your art is being shown at, a shown at a gallery or whatever it is, but you're guaranteed eyes on it, that people are going to see it. And a lot of times sales happen after the fact. People think about it, they mull it over, and then they call you later and go, is that one still available? Has that happened to you where it's, you've like heard from somebody like months later? I've gotten a lot of inquiries and I've gotten a lot of people saying that they saw my stuff, but I've never actually had a sale, but I've still made a lot of connections and it's just, I wouldn't completely count it out. I'm definitely in it for the long game. You never know when somebody can get that better job to where they can afford it. Like just, yeah. but I have had a lot of people say, Hey, I saw your stuff here. Hey, I saw, and I'm like, great, it's working. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's important to make sure you've signed your piece. I know for you, for your murals, do you put your Instagram yeah. on it rather than your website? Yeah, but webs or but canvas art, I think I do my, just my signature. So yeah. like but yeah. a, a very legible signature because my name yeah. is hard so, enough to spell. So <laughs> Yeah. But either way, so they can just look it up. They can snap the picture of the signature on the painting and then look it up when they have time. And sometimes like maybe for like restaurants where they invite you to hang 10 pieces at a restaurant, they may not do title cards. That doesn't mean you can't do title cards. You could type up title cards and say, hey, can I come down with some double side tape and put this next to all my paintings? Because it's important for you to know, for you to tell people that this is your name, this is the title of the art, this is what it is. 
Yeah, so true. So yeah. it's just a place for people to contact you too, because I just put them up at that business that I mentioned, and uh, throughout the next week, people are like, "Hey, how how can they buy this? How can they?" I'm like, "Dang it, I need to put the contact cards there." So I had to go run down and do it, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Is yeah. there, yeah. let's see. So we've, we've gone through how to apply or how to yeah. find places to apply and why we should apply. Is there anything in your experience that other, anybody else, anybody, anything, anybody else should know before we move on to the next subject or do a little research and find out what an artist statement is. Okay. That's an art industry term. So it's not a bio. It's not a resume. It's, it's, it is a specific, unique thing. And often when you're applying for things, they may ask for that ahead of time as part of the application. Give us your artist statement because they're using that to kind of judge you too and find out a little bit more about you. Or they'll ask for it once you're accepted because they want to put the artist statement on the wall next to your paintings. So find out what all these terms are so that you're ready when they request them. Artist statements usually just two paragraphs and there's just a certain way to write it. A CV is another thing that they'll ask for. That's a Latin word. It's like curriculum vitae, something like that. But anyway, you just call it CV. It's like a resume, but it isn't really your resume. So you need to look up artist CV. And, and so you have these things at least rough drafted so that when you are asked for one, you can quickly put one together. Yeah. Okay. Um, I see there's a question at the bottom. Somebody said, what sizes are preferred by the galleries? Uh, they will tell you what they want. They'll tell you there's a minimum size or a, or a maximum size. If they don't, you can always go to the gallery and kind of get an idea. Some galleries are very grand and the minimum is four foot by four foot. And no, you're not going to apply with your 16 by 20 little piece. So do a little research, but usually they will give you an idea. Okay, perfect. And yeah. then for the, the artist statement, yes. where I'm sure there's so much to that. And I've written one here recently. I updated mine, but is it mostly just talking about where you get your inspiration or what is an artist statement meant for? Okay. It's, only about your inspiration if that's what's important to you. So I always say an artist statement is personal and it's what's important to you. So for example, I have an artist friend and she is from the country of Haiti. And so it's very important for her. She write, uh, rather makes art from her Haitian culture. It might be a scene from Haiti or, or something like that. That's important. So she will mention that in her artist statement. For me, my culture doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with my, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to include that in my artist statement. For me, I use, for my paintings, I use acrylic paint. And then after that, I use acrylic paint pens. So you can see this one behind me. A lot of that is acrylic paint pens. So for me, it's important to explain in the artist statement, the material that I use, the, the tool because I want people to know that this is all acrylic paint. It's 100% acrylic paint, but I'm doing illustration. So I'm doing painting with a brush and illustration with a pen on one thing. So your artist statement is, can be anything, but don't force it to be something that is not you. Okay. Does that yeah. make sense? 
Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. when I was writing mine, I was like, okay, what's a, like a professional way to say I really like the color pink? <laughs> like, I was like writing it and I was just like, yeah, oh, I am inspired by saturated color. <laughs> and I talked a little bit about getting the confidence in to use glitter and how people respond to it and how it makes people happy and stuff like that. But I was like, okay, I really like pink and glitter. How do I say that professionally? <laughs> yeah. And that's a great example that I'll jump on. If you were applying for a mural, you would do a different artist statement. You wouldn't say pink and glitter if you're not doing glitter on your murals. So yeah. don't mention it. Yeah. So an artist statement is a, a constantly changing document that is unique to whatever it's used for. So always think of your artist statement as a rough draft and that it's going to be customized to whatever use it's for. So you may have three or four different artist statements. You may have a mural one. In fact, I think you should have a mural one and then a, and then a fine art on canvas one. And then other people might have one that's for their fine art paintings and then maybe a different one because they do like mixed media work that's more using papers and pastels and things. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yep. We had another comment on here, another question, and they asked, can we include academics slash jobs other than art achievements on their CV. And actually I've gotten this before from some students because in the beginning, especially you really don't have a lot. Maybe you yeah. maybe done one show or something. They're like, so how do we fill this thing? What, what, what's your advice on that? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to force it and put a lot of things that are unrelated. But having said that, when you're at the beginning, you'll include more non-art related things. And then the more art things you have, then those other things will, will drop off of your CV. So a resume is a specific style and it has your name at the top and your address or phone number and then your objective maybe and then your education and then your experience. CV, which is normally asked, requested for artists, is different. CV is really just bullets. There's hard... I wouldn't say there's any sentences on a CV. It's all bullets. And so it's categories for your CV. Basically a CV is to tell them how experienced are you as an artist? Are you new? Are you emerging? And, I'm, and I don't mean to imply that it's wrong or a negative if you are new and you don't have that many items. They just want to know. That's all. You're going to have a section of gallery shows, a section of festivals, a section of art demonstrations that you've done a section of collections, people who have bought your artwork, artist residencies that you've been on, grants or fellowships that you've been awarded, presentations or speaking that you've done. Like it, have you spoken at your local artist group on how to incorporate glitter into your artwork? Any speech, anything that you've done, you can include that there. Like for example, if you had asked me today and said, I want you to do a talk about how to get into art shows and it was very specific and you advertised it as that i put that on my cv because i did a speech <laughs> a talk for a group of people and so you want to add all these things on your cv so just keep it as a like a working document on your phone or in your laptop where you can just add things like oh i just was awarded another mural for you for murals that would be thinking of like collections. So instead of saying collections, you would say murals for, and you can say city okay. of Springfield, Missouri, 
such and such law firm, such and such restaurant, and you would list, that would be on your CV. Oh yes. gosh. Okay. I'm like thinking yeah. that's a long CV. So you, I guess you would. Then you knock stuff down. You knock stuff off when okay. it starts to get long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how many do you think I should put on that? Maybe 10 big important ones or. It depends on how you do your bullets and how you can say, I have murals in these cities and you can list oh, okay. eight cities, but instead of bulleting, if you wanted to, you could do this comma, this comma, this, and it would take up less space. And then you could do another one that would bullet. And then these restaurants, like you might have a city category, a restaurant category and other business category. Okay. Like yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Hey there, the show's not over yet, but if you're enjoying this episode so far and getting inspired and soaking up all the business tips, then I want to invite you to this brand new thing we just created the Artist Academy Advanced Podcast. <laughs> yep, it's a podcast just like this one, but better. It's one where I don't hold anything back and give you all of the tips to growing an audience, gaining more customers, making money, murals, all of the things. So what I've done is I've turned almost all of the weekly Artist Academy Advanced Membership content from almost three years of exclusive weekly lessons and put them into easily digestible audio format via a podcast for our members. You can plug in while you paint and 90% of the content is juicy solo episodes where I break down exactly how I make money with murals and prints and literally everything. I'm an open book in this. It's there just waiting for you to dive in. So just go to artistacademy.co. That's artistacademy.co to apply and uplevel your art business. It's time. So yeah. you mentioned artist residencies really quickly. So yeah. let's talk about that. Tell yeah. me about your experience with it. Cause that's something I've always had on my bucket list that I've just never done. And I'm, I'm very interested. So tell me. Yeah. All the <laughs> okay. So an artist residency is when an artist is invited to spend some time at another location doing some kind of an art project. Sometimes the art project is whatever the heck you want. You decide what the project is. Sometimes it's, specific like we want and an artist residency usually means they give you a place to stay too like you might find an artist residency to do five murals for the grand opening of a new restaurant and they may say we're going to put you up in a hotel for a week to do all this and that's they call it an artist residency wouldn't that be fun right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and so some of them, and then they're any length of time. It could be a one day, it could be a one week, it could be a month, it could be a year. So for example, the Armory Arts Center is an art gallery and school in West Palm Beach um, near where I live. They do resident artists for an entire year because they're brought into, they don't, now this one, they don't give them housing, but they're basically giving them a job for a year they're brought in to be their teachers and teach classes for an entire year and make a body of work to then have a show at the end of the term, the school term. And, and so they, they have five artist residencies every year. And so five people will work together and they'll choose one that's painter and one that's a sculptor and one that's a jewelry maker. And they work together for a year. And then at the end, it culminates in a group show. 
So anyway, I started applying to artist residencies because I love to travel and we haven't been able to so much in this past year. But prior to the pandemic, I had heard that national parks have artist residencies and I love travel and I love national parks in particular and the National Parks Arts Foundation, they run about, I would say 10 artist residencies. And so some of them are at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park and one is at Death Valley National Park. So anyway, I applied to be an artist resident for a month at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park and I applied as a podcaster as opposed to as a painter and my my and you had to propose a project and so my proposal was that I was going to interview local artists local to the big island of Hawaii in person during my month there and choose artists who were making art traditional Hawaiian art so when are I you was, going I, so I didn't get that one. So oh, I applied to it. that. Yeah, I applied to that. But I was a finalist. And so because oh. I was a finalist, I can put that on my CV now because I was a finalist. So, <laughs> And then I can reapply every year. So I didn't reapply this year because my daughter's a senior in high school and we've got the whole graduation and heading to college. And so it I, it's not a good year for me to be away from my family for a month. Yeah. But next year should be off in college. So I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I applied to that one. I applied to Death Valley National Park as a painter. I didn't get that one. And then I saw one in Fort Lauderdale, which is just about an hour south of me in Florida. And it was for a week. And it was, they do something called the Fort Lauderdale Art and Design Week. And they do a lot of really fun in-person things. They've done it for a few years. And then with the pandemic, they couldn't do a bunch of shows and a bunch of large group things, but they wanted to add some other things, modify it. So one of the things they came up with was let's do an artist residency. We'll try to promote these small boutique hotels in the Fort Lauderdale area that are hurting right now because all these tourists aren't coming down and traveling to stay there. These hotels are empty. And they awarded three artist residencies and each of us stayed at a different boutique hotel. Mine was right on the ocean oh. and I stayed there for a week and it was a unit that had a kitchen and a little couch and what was more like an apartment. And my project was they wanted me to present, make a painting and present it to them at the end of the week. Throughout the week, I worked on this big, I did a pretty good sized painting and then presented it to them. So they hung it in one of the rooms. In fact, the room that I stayed in. And so now I can put that on my CV, not only that I was awarded this artist residency, but my, my painting is now in the collection of the DeSoto Hotel in Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really fun. I was able to, the residencies are great because you leave your Okay, this will sound bad because you leave your family. <laughs> no, you just get uninterrupted time to just create. And you just, you don't, you get to get rid of like all the other, I've got to take my kid to school and I've got to make dinner for my family and I've got to do a load of laundry, all these extra things that you do in your life. And you can just focus on that. And now for me, I still had my podcast that I was doing. I do an interview every single week. So while I was there, I had to edit 
that week's episode and produce it, do all the production for it. And I just happened to have two interviews scheduled that week. So I did work my other job while I was down there, but I had a lovely time painting too. Oh, that's yeah, it amazing. Was, it was so much fun. It was so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that is so cool on the ocean and, and hollywood yep. florida oh my gosh that's so yeah. awesome and like and it's only for a week i feel like that would be a good time a good amount for me maybe yep. one or two weeks a month i'd be like oh i don't know that's a long time <laughs> yeah yeah i applied to another one I, I didn't get this one but it was up in the boundary waters area of northern minnesota and it was just going to be a week and you stayed in like cabins right on the water and they had kayaks that you can use. And they were choosing a visual artist, a um, musician, a dancer, a writer. So it was like one of each kind of discipline and you would all live together for the week creating whatever you wanted. That's yeah, so I didn't cool. get that one, but you know, some of them like, couple hundred people apply or, or more. So you, you're not going to get it every time, but you can always apply again. Yeah. And I love that yeah. you mentioned the ones that you didn't get to, because it just, it shows you how much you're going to need to apply to maybe get one. And if someone has their heart set on one and they don't get it, it's okay. So I'm really glad that you shared yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And the, the Fort Lauderdale one, because they had to modify their whole art and design week so much due to COVID and, and the restrictions, because we were still in lockdown when this happened. This was in January of, of this year. This was added at the very last minute. And so I applied on a Monday and found out on a Wednesday that I was awarded it and I had to leave on Saturday to go away from my family for a week. So it was really crazy, but I had my artist statement already written. I had lots of good photos of my paintings that I could use to apply with. I had all that, all my ducks in a row. And that's how I was able to apply so quickly. Oh, that's amazing. And that just circles yeah. around to exactly what you said in the beginning is just have yeah. your stuff ready, even mm -hmm. though there's not an opportunity the second, like there could be that you could just apply to. And yeah. somebody just commented and said that they've definitely considered artist residencies, but would love to know more because they typically get stuck on one process or another. But like you said, plan ahead of time, get your photos, get all of that yeah. and have an artist, see like a CV and uh, an artist statement and all of that. I guess that would be number one. And then when you go to apply to a bunch of them, you can just plug and, and do it. Yeah. Do you have to write anything in particular to each one, like a letter to them for their specific one? Or is it mostly use the same photos, the same information? No, they're all going to be unique. They're all going to have okay. their special little something. So you want to be specific. And some of them, they say you can do whatever the heck you want. This one, they said, we want you to make a painting and give it to us at, at the end. And so I, and I knew which hotel I was applying for. And so I looked it up and it had this garden courtyard, all these flowers, which is perfect for my mm. kind of art because I do a lot of flowers and things. And another requirement was I needed to do three posts to social media every day while I was there promoting the hotel and promoting the residency and promoting art and design week. I just quickly put a bunch of relevant posts. Like I think I did four posts in one day on that Monday, the day I applied. Oh. So, they, so if they were looking, if they were looking at my Instagram, my four most recent posts would be relevant to this artist residency, or it wasn't really, it was just relevant to like making paintings with flowers on it. So I made sure I had a lot of good paintings 
based on what I thought it was going to be like. So yeah, you can, you want to make sure your website and, and social media are up to date, or you've just done something recently, if you're going to apply, because they're going to look, they're going to look at your social media when you apply. Okay, perfect. I love that you're saying how much you planned too, because I don't know, it's like some people think that putting too much effort in isn't a thing. Like is it, we, we make it look so effortless on Instagram. Oh, I got this job and oh, I'm going to this artist residency. And it's like, no, you planned, you really wanted it and you made it happen. Yeah. It's like taking yeah. that extra step. Because if they say, we want you to do social media, you need to show them you do social media. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, let me up it, do a few more this week. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> um, somebody in the comments asked, where do you find out about residencies? And earlier in our talk, we were talking about calls for artists. When you look at these websites or even the hashtags in Instagram, you can filter and search by residency. You can't on the Instagram hashtag, of course, but just scroll through them. Make sure you're looking at the recent ones and scroll through and see if one is called residency. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do that today. I literally never even thought about using Instagram to search all this stuff. I've just gone to the typical, like the cafe websites and stuff like that, just to look around. And, but I've never thought of Instagram and I feel like that would be, because then you can see what their posts are too. And maybe some other artists that have been there rather than just a call for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're going to go, then you'll go back to whoever posted it. You'll go back to their, the at the account. Yeah, I can't take credit for that. I interviewed an artist one time and she was local to the Palm Beach County area where I live, but she was having some art at a show in New York City. And I said, how'd you find out about that? And she said, hashtag call for entry. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, that's gold. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so as you start searching, you'll see what kind of re- criteria is desirable to you. So some people they have a budget and they say, I'm not going to apply to anything that costs more than $25 because a lot of them do have application fees. Or they may say, I have a $300 limit for the entire year and I can do one for 25, one for 30, da, 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 but that's it. Or you might have the criteria of, I'm not doing any that I would have to mail my art. I'm only going to do the ones that are local to me. Because, you know, if you're making big paintings, it's a big deal to mail it and that's an added cost. And if it doesn't get sold, you pay to mail it back too. It's, that can be expensive. I apply to shows in Florida, and but I've driven two and a half hours away to deliver the paintings. But I'll do, it'll be some Florida beach town that's fun to visit anyway. So it's no big deal to go over there to deliver a painting for a gallery. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a day of it and we'll go out to lunch and, and hang out at that town and then turn around and head back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that too. That's such a good tip because whenever I was searching artist residencies, I immediately was like, okay, I'm going to go to Brazil. (laughs) I'm going to go to all these crazy places. And I didn't even really search inside the United States, which that would be way easier, especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go all over the United States, but for gallery shows, I just don't want to have to mail a big painting. Yeah. Yeah, we had a comment here. It's the <laughs> Magnolia Flower Art says, oh my gosh, I love you guys. I've learned so much from listening to your podcast. Thank you. So I just want to point All out right. too, for anybody listening or anybody catching us just now, Suzanne has a podcast just, just to let you guys know. And it's fantastic. And it's basically the same kind of thing as my podcast. So if you like mine, you'll like hers. So go check hers out. It's The Left Brain Artist. You just find it yeah. the, the Left Brain Artist on any podcast platform. 
Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I interview a visual artist once a week. So I have interviewed artists from all over the world, New Zealand, Australia. I just did my second New Zealand person. But and then sometimes I'll interview maybe people who do coaching for artists or so the one this week from New Zealand, she does coaching for artists. So I, I do slightly off subject, not just visual artists, but it's 99% visual artists. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I might have to check out this coach that you just interviewed. <laughs> just the accents that you get from New Zealand or London I know, right? and all that. I'm like, yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her name is Hannah Fitzgibbon, and okay. she will go live this Wednesday. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's really all I had today. Do you want to just give another shout out to where people else can find you other than your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in looking at my art, um, if you're interested in buying it, even better. <laughs> but my art, I put it on my Instagram account called at Suzanne Redmond Art. And then I do have a, web, a website, SuzanneRedmond.com. So you can find all my podcast episodes listed there. You can even listen right from, I embed them in my website. You can listen there. I've got artwork there, but yeah, it's mainly my Instagram accounts. Those are awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how people to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do have one last question. So sorry. I asked this question, the last question of everybody, if, so say you're an artist just starting out in the very beginning and you're not, you're not really sure where to even start where, what's your advice for artists who don't know where to start in that process? You mean, and like, finding the artistic style? Yeah, anything. Or... Just they're okay. like, hey, I paint in my free time. I've never sold anything really. Or if I have, it's to my grandmother. <laughs> Where can I start to make this as a business or start painting and finding my style in anything? Because I really, I guess okay. that, that comes. Yeah, yeah. It. So I would say to start finding your style, I would say try to try to make small art. So don't overwhelm yourself and say, okay, I'm going to paint a three foot by three foot painting when you're still trying, you're still learning because it can be frustrating that, oh, well, I didn't get this beautiful three foot by three foot first shot out. Well, you're not going to, you, you have to practice and do a lot of things. And it's also expensive buying a, a bunch of canvases as you're learning. So I always suggest um, start with paper, start painting on paper, tape it down to a, a table and, and paint on paper inexpensively start with inexpensive materials. You don't need to jump to golden paints right away. You can start with other things. You also don't need to buy every single paint they make at the beginning. So try to save some money so you don't get discouraged while you're practicing and just practice, practice, practice and make a lot. So that's my <laughs> suggestion. I found this product. Actually, I might have it right here. Yeah. So I found this at Michael's Crafts. And it's called a canvas pad. And so the, the paper is, it's actually like rectangles of canvas. And so you can get the feel of painting on canvas without a gallery wrapped canvas. So it's much more inexpensive. So it's like a pad of 12 sheets. And so I paint on the canvas pages all the time. And I love that. And, and then you can still put them in a frame. So like this one right here, that is a canvas paper that I put in a frame. Yeah. So yeah, go inexpensive so that you can practice as much as you need to. And then what was the other part of the question? Oh, and then if you want to find, if you want to figure out how to like get involved in the art world, how to venture into that world, I always say the best thing is to look for a local arts group in your community. So you would just Google your town. So let's say Springfield, Missouri, you would say 
Springfield Art Association, Springfield Art Club, Springfield Art Society, Springfield Council, Guild, yep. Council. Yep. <laughs> you know, you just, you just Google combinations of those words and find one. And usually the arts groups, they'll, they might have monthly meetings. Right now they might be on Zoom. But what's great is you meet other artists and then you meet, let's say you're a ceramic artist, but you meet this photographer and you say, yeah, I'm just getting started out and I can't seem to make good photographs of my ceramics because they're shiny. And can I take you out to lunch and pick your brain on, on some good photographing tips? Or can I always offer to give them something? Don't just take it for free, but say, hey, do you have an hourly rate where I could ask you questions? Or it could just be a casual conversation at an art artist meeting. But you meet all these other artists and you can ask them questions. Oh, where did you find a 10 by 10 tent? Is it hard to set up a 10 by 10 tent to do a festival? How do you do that? What else do you need when you come to a festival? And that's how you learn is by just hanging out with more artists. How did you find out that gallery did a call to artists? Do I have to stop by the gallery first or is it all through email? How do I do this? And, and yeah, that's my biggest recommendation is join an arts group and meet other artists. Oh, that's, that's so good yeah. too. Cause it's just like listening to this podcast, right? Like with you interviewing other artists, they're giving their advice and meeting them in person is just a next level of yeah. that. And now like here you get to be a fly on the wall, but like on in person, you get to ask them the exact questions you want. <laughs> like, Hey, yes. this is what I'm doing right now. And likely someone else is, Oh, I went through that a couple of years ago. This is what I did. Maybe I'll help you. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I joined the, the arts group, I was selling my jewelry and they did this outdoor art show, but what they did is they, they would rent because they could get a bulk rate from a rental company. They would rent the 10 by 10 tents. The company would come in, set up the tent, and you just knew you were tent number three or whatever. And that was a great way for me to start it to see before if it was even going to work for me before I would want to invest in a 10 by 10 tent and tables and all the other stuff you need. And so I showed up, the tent was there with one table and one chair. And I was oh. like, okay, I can do this. That was great. It was a great way to ease into it for me. Yeah. And yeah. that just like that, I had no idea that that kind of thing existed. It's like you don't know what you don't know. And there's just, yeah. I tell people that all the time. You don't even know what questions to ask. You like, you just don't, and people will just tell you, we'll just tell you freely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And artists is just so cool. They're generous and share their information and you just want to meet more artists because they're the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all have that like, special, awesome kind of weird to us too. That it's just so cool to right. like get together. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, perfect. Thank you again for so much for coming on. I so enjoyed just chatting with you and getting to know you a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. This was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The podcast will come out in about a month from now and I'll email you all the fun things. But yeah, again, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Yes, thank you. I appreciate this. This was fun. No problem. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you have enjoyed yet another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. But before I let you go, I just want to remind you that in the advanced group, we are right in the middle of our fourth quarter success plan. We do this every year to help you navigate through every artist's most profitable time of year 
the holiday season. Now is the time to take your art business seriously. And if you need a little help with that, I want to invite you to join us for only $32 a month, very affordable. You'll get the exact fourth quarter game plan that I use to maximize profits during this very profitable time of year. And you're gonna be going through it right along with me. We're gonna do it together. <laughs> and if you feel like you're lacking motivation or just a general direction of where to go and what to do, just know that I have your back because I've been there and I know what works and I'm giving you the game plan. And if you're trying to figure out prints, shipping, finding new customers, all the things, I have exactly what you need. Just go to artistacademy.co. That's artistacademy.co to apply. And if you like this episode or any past episodes, can you pretty please go leave a review? It really helps. And if you screenshot that review and send it to me, I will first say thank you. And I will also shout you out on my Instagram of over 70K viewers. Help me help you. Thank you so much. And I will see you next week.